Um, welcome back to the Mid Range J. It's been a minute now, hasn't it? It's been a while. It's been a while. Been going coming on to now a month, but we've been busy. A lot of people have been asking for an episode. They've been getting our ears, but we're back. We're here, and I feel like this is a this is a nice episode to to come back with. A lot of people are tuning into this one. Um, tell the people what we've got for them today on our second mano y mano. So for our second one, we have two legends of the game, mm. two league MVPs, mm. two big big champions, mm. anchors of defenses, all time defenses. We have the two big guys, KG. Arguably the two, two best power forwards ever. You can say. You could. You got. You got KG. Big ticket. And we got Timmy D. A big fundamental. So, today we're gonna lay down. The law between the two of them. Who was better at their peaks and who who lasted longer and who actually impacted their part of the game and the the overall, you know, side of winning championships. So we're gonna find out. You guys decide. But yeah, let's get into it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully try and be unbiased because obviously, as everyone knows, I'm a Celtics fan. Mm. Garnet is probably um. I don't remember Paul Pierce too tough. Garnet probably the guy that is my when I think of Celtics, I think of him sort of player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's for me is Kevin Garnett. And IT of course, but Garnet is big there. Um well I guess we'll start similarly to how we started last Mano in Mano. Um let's talk about their accomplishments, although we will caveat this with the fact that yeah. Tim Duncan played for a dynasty and a and a much better organisation than KG did. But um so tell me what, what Tim Duncan's personal individual accomplishments were across his career in the NBA. So just the blanket, he's got 15 All-Star games, mm. 15 All-NBA. And that already tells you... 15 All-NBA is crazy impressive. It already tells you the longevity. Because you look at today's game and you see just how hard it is and how many people miss out on All-NBA. All-NBA, yeah. And the fact that he's able to maintain that. Granted, maybe the last couple ones for every legend of the game, might be a reputational one, mm. which I've started to notice for certain guys, especially 15 All-NBA. Mm. Uh, defence too, because as sometimes there's guys who end up getting reputational defensive ones. His, his defence definitely waned but as well his, when, he was, yeah, when he was older when as well. When he was a bit older. And yeah. He might not have been an All-NBA player on the metrics, but he was definitely an All-Star. Mm. So... Undeniably, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like they were just handing him out. No. He, he he does that thing that I like that when um, I think if I was basically a, a basketball player, an athlete, I think I'd always want to go out sort of near the height of my powers. Yeah. And I think that's what he sort of done, whereas he saw like, oh, my level was falling, but I'm still in this position to be an all-star. Am I still an all-star caliber player? I should step out. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, he's also got an all-star game MVP with him. Okay, all-star game, okay, yeah. Yeah, rookie of the year. Okay. And he has his two MVPs and three finals MVPs. Impressive. Along with the five championships. So out of five rings, he's got f- f- three finals MVPs. Yeah. That speaks, vo- that speaks volumes, doesn't it? It does. That means, I mean... That's that level of consistency Consistency again. is crazy, yeah. Out of the five rings that you've picked up th- three times, you were the main man of those. You are the main man, so yeah. for the majority of your career... Mm. You were that guy to build around. Okay, okay. That's, 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 I can't lie to you, it's an incredibly impressive resume. Um, what about Garnett on the flip side? Garnett as well, five, um, not five, 15 All-Star games. Mm-hmm. 
nine times all NBA. Okay. So not exactly the same longevity. Yeah. But he did come into the um to the league. Same age, um 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 two years. I think it's the same same um same time as Duncan, but he's two years younger because he came to the league as a teenager. Yeah, he did. So I think that kind that, of messes with that, yeah. Yeah, that does also impact impact um in terms of his record in terms of because the all defense and everything. He was um Duncan came into the league more um ripe. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. It also that that changes the amount of um the career averages as well because you come in when you're younger you get less minutes less touches yeah so you can kind of see the guys who come in younger their career averages and they're not going to look as as cute as the other guys Mm -hmm. who they come right after a couple years of college or they come in as the main guys or or the or the true youngs or even lebron because lebron was young but he came came straight in and was like yeah this is your franchise Yeah, yeah yeah so kg had to kind of work his way up and um He's got a nine nine time All NBA, twelve times All Defense, mm. Defensive Player of the Year, another All Star Game MVP, and he's only got one ring and one MVP. Mm. And I say only because the skill set and the talent that this guy possessed for him to only have one ring is kind of is a is a travesty in itself. So okay, so you say that. So I'm gonna yeah. some ask a question that leads on to you talking further about that. So I think the casual maybe would ask, all right, we've we've read both of their accomplishments. Why are you comparing the two? If that makes sense, because yeah. on paper is ones that outweigh them. But why do you think it's a travesty that he he doesn't have more? And why do you think that we we can fairly say Garnett can be comparable to Tim Duncan, despite Tim Duncan having what two, um, three more Finals MVPs than him, um, an MVP more than him, and four more rings than him. The reason why I say this is because. In terms of in terms of skill set and ability, mm-hmm. um, KG is a more versatile scorer, okay. a more versatile defender. He's a more scalable defender and more scalable offensive player into today's game. Mm. So when you look at the two, compare the two players, right? Offensively, KG's skill set actually is better than Tim Duncan's mm. on both sides. In terms of more translatable to today's game. But also more versatile in terms of it's more diverse. Okay. And you, the argument is there that you could say he's a better scorer, perhaps not in volume, but in terms of skill set. Like okay. He can score in more ways. Than Tim Duncan? Yeah, in way more ways. Now, okay, it would be fair to say then that even though he can score more ways than Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is incredibly more efficient than him as a scorer in terms of getting to his spots and making it making it go from his spots do you not think that makes Tim Duncan the better scorer which I think in my opinion at least he is the better scorer out of the two the way I look at it right it's like it's like two sides of the coin where you could say someone's a better scorer just based off of the numbers like if they just score more or you could say he's another person's a better scorer based on the context that this guy can score in more ways. In more ways. So then he's better at scoring because he can do it any way. Right? Okay, yeah. Where one guy might be limited to just scoring in one way. Okay. Which is why when you ask the the general person, like, who's the best scorer ever, they always mention, like, the most versatile freaks, like Kobe, KD, um... Do you know what I mean? All these guys who could score in so many... Rather than Wilt. Okay. So, 
that's just the the it, it really maybe, comes down to your definition of maybe, what's a better scorer. Is it on maybe an I think? For example, I'll give you someone who's in the conversation one of the best scorers ever. Yeah. He's got a very I wouldn't say limited game. I wouldn't definitely not say that offensively. I would say a very um predictable but unstoppable sort of offensive game and that's Carmelo Anthony in the mid range, long twos. Yeah. The sort of thing where he even got to Houston um, Houston and correct, yeah, Houston and he couldn't kinda of snap out of his rhythm to fall into what the team was doing, the post up. So in that situation I'm asking you that is because is because Carmelo Anthony has instead of diversifying his arsenal He's sharpened his specific spears. Does that make him a worse scorer? Because that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking KG, for example, is his mid range was unbelievable for for the, for a man of his size, and it was bar and it was it was incredible. But Tim Duncan, if you got in the post, if you got even a hook shot, if it, do you, do you know what I'm trying to say yeah, to you? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Is it because does just because I can do it more ways than one? Would you rather take a man who who goes? Um, nine of twelve on the same kind of shot, or a man who goes seven of thirteen, six of thirteen, but those six and seven came in different fashion. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? It depends on the context, right? I I would take that second player, the more skilled player, if if you. The thing is, right? Historically, the guy who can just score in one way shouldn't scale, like he shouldn't scale up to being a winning player because it's easier to defend against him. Okay. So, okay. if you set up right against that guy, you should be able to stop him. Okay. You should be able to neutralise him. Okay. Whereas the other guy, if I'm a coach or a GM and I have the more skilled player, it's easier. In my to, job is easier to, to maximise to maximize offensively. Yeah. Now, here comes the other side of the coin, which is the travesty part. To me... The Minnesota Timberwolves, arguably the worst round franchise in the league, they didn't build around him correctly. Yeah. So what you have with KG is you have a few stretches or multiple stretches of years where in the playoffs, he kind of gets exposed because he's that focal point of the offense. Okay. And they didn't really build around him correctly. Fair enough. Fair, okay, fair enough. The- so on the, if you look at him on the eye test, in the regular season, it looks like he's kind of a regular season player. Mm. But then he goes to the Celtics and he looks like a completely different player. Not because... Because he's being forced to do something in the playoffs that's not necessarily his the strength of his game or the apex of his game. Exactly. Well, if you, I think this is, I think this is well an, an interesting point to when I, when I asked earlier on why we're comparing the two. I think the obvious answer is the supporting cast. Tim Duncan played with he came into the league and played with David Robertson who was one of the best centres yeah. in the league at the time to, um, to which he played with Tony Parker um, Bruce Bowen is one of the best defenders primitive defenders ever um, Mario Ginobili. Ginobili so and then coached by Greg Popovich and Kawhi towards the end and Kawhi towards the end with with, with, Danny, Green, with Danny Green and Patty Mills yeah exactly so he's always had a decent team around him Tim Duncan in his peak which I would say is in around his MVP he had had um if you can correct me, um, um, Sam Cassell, um, the guy I can't never pronounce his name, Wally, something, uh, it's crazy. yeah, uh, um, yeah, the one time all star who went nuts for that one season. He was quite a good scorer actually, but he was never the sort of guy where you want to ride with him in the playoffs. Yeah, he's a like, like so, European guy. Exactly, and actually, interesting enough, um, not to plug another thing on our own show, but um, 
Secret Base, who do a really good um, um, series called Collapse. Yeah, I'm giving out free ads free here. Ads. <laughs> they do a really good series called Collapse, and they've done a collapse on how the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't build on um, Garnett's MVP season. Yeah. And it just shows how um, um, trade after trade, draft pick after draft pick, were never built around Garnett correctly. Funnily enough, the one type, the one ring Garnett got was in the Celtics and around Paul Pierce. Yeah. Uh, Rondo um, Ray Allen so here's a question for you I guess is um, if both of them <laughs> if both of them play with four bots of the same ability who who comes out with more rings see the thing is right on paper it should be KG because the more the more skilled offensive player the more versatile defensive player mm. better playmaker as well and like on the impact metrics, he just beats uh, Tim Duncan on basically every impact metric. And if anything, most of the impacts that say KG and t- a Tim Duncan, Im- like impact wise on defense, they're basically the same. Mm. Like you, you could split hairs between them. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, when we were doing our research for this, I was doing it this morning and. Um, Tim, I can't lie to you. I'm gonna sound like a casual now. Tim Duncan was an incredibly good defender compared because I because I look at Kevin Garnett as the pinnacle of defense when it comes to yeah. the power forward position, and um, Tim Duncan on the eye wasn't there wasn't the gap wasn't as big as I thought because I thought okay when when we first discussed doing this I thought right so where the obvious differential is gonna be is how good Garnett is a defender to Duncan and how offensively better Duncan is to yeah. Garnett and it swings both ways I think. The gap between Duncan Garnett offensively isn't as big as I thought, but neither is the gap defensively between Garnett yeah, and Duncan. No, with Duncan, right, his defensive style was he was he was a patrol in the lanes, kind of similar. Very to, good help defender. Kind of similar to the way the Utah Jazz used Rudy Gobert. Okay. And funnel everyone to the middle, and he kind of just just swats everything up. Yeah. And he was an elite rim protector. And he, shot he was good in his, he was pretty good in space too. And he, he was he wasn't too bad in space as well. For, for a man a of his guy. size, yeah. yeah. He wasn't too bad in space. Now with KG, the thing with KG is KG played on worse defensive teams for for the most part of his career. Okay. So when you're on a worse defensive team, it's like the the impact stats, they don't benefit you. They're actually diminish you because Defense, you can elevate you can elevate the the offense as much as possible mm-hmm. as possible and the defense as much as possible but it's the guys who play on elite defensive teams who get the benefit of the, the doubt on the metrics on the metrics yeah so tim duncan's metrics add up but the fact that kgs are practically the same as him while he's hasn't had the luxury of playing on the san antonio spurs should tell you what it would look like if KG was on the Spurs. You're completely, actually completely right. It's a great point to make because, like I just said, look at the, the supporting stuff that KG had and then Tim Duncan in, in David Robertson and Bruce Bowen has two of the, arguably two of the top 15, 20 defenders ever, if, we're, if yeah. we're being honest. So, in terms of Bruce Bowen was a lockdown defender, Primo, and then David Robertson at that time was was an elite big, defensive big. Um, Garnet, you know what? I think we should quickly talk before we get into some metrics and maybe what what separates them in terms of what who is better than what or what. Um, let's talk about their both their strengths. So let's talk about Garnet first because you're right. It's interesting that you said that that the metrics are splitting hairs between the both of them despite their supporting cast. 
Garnett was an unbelievable defender. I think arguably could make the case to be the best defender ever. What do you think about that? I agree as well. With Kevin, with Kevin Garnett? Yeah, okay. he has the case to be the best defender ever. Okay. Simply because of, I think... Light on people, his feet, people, everything. I think... Um, Unfazed by the, any matchup. Yeah, but I think also the intensity and the tenacity that he brings on that side of the ball. Mm. And they call him the octopus because he was just everywhere. Yeah. Like he'll be at one spot, go to help from the other side and then protect the rim. And um, he could guard two men at once in, in a sort of in a clever scheme system. Yeah, and in a two v one where he's the one on transition, I'd be like, yo, Garnett, yeah, Garnett, Garnett, Garnett. Spot you guys, yeah, same, yeah. And um, I think the thing with comparing defenders, I think the way people view like defenders nowadays compared to how defenders used to be viewed in the past, I think defenders like pure shot blockers mm. would be given more of the title of an elite defensive and um, this is a defensive stopper and he's the best defender in the game would be just straight on the big. basis of them um, because they wouldn't shot blocking ability because they wouldn't have to be forced in situations where they'll be dragged out drag, step out especially they, in that time yeah and if they did the odd time where they were switched onto an Iverson or something it would be like he has no like. They give him the benefit. They give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I think in today's game, it's a lot different because if that big you. gets stepped up, and he gets cooked, people give him accountability. They say, "Yo, you should be better than that. You're a defensive player of the year. Da, da, da. You should be better than this." And I think that's intrinsically changed the way people view defensive players. That's a great. Quickly, I'm sorry to cut you off. That's a that's such a good. In my opinion, that's such a good, good, good point. In, I know I'm going to go completely off topic for a minute. Such a good, good point. Don't do another free ad. I'm not, I'm, no, that's not a free ad. It's a great... <laughs> you got to pay us for this second one. This is a, um, a great, great point because I was looking and the majority of voting systems has really go about as winning his third defensive player of the year. And I watched the highlights you sent me yesterday of the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat. And there is no way... There is no way on this planet that Rudy Gobert is a better defender than Bam Adebayo. Oh, impossible. He he kept Kyrie in, in ISO situations 0 of 8. Kyrie Irving, 0 of 8. Kyrie Irving is a sort of player where, where you play as good defense as you can and you take whatever he he does sort of thing. Yeah. Ah, it's Kyrie. And he kept him to 0 of 8. So, and, and if someone asked me, why would you say that? I say what you say. Because now in this league, Players have evolved to the situation where it counts against you if I can take you out to space. You I yeah. can't just be like, well, you're a good shot blocker. Um, ipso facto, you're a good defender. That's not that's not the league anymore. And what you're saying is Garnett was a Bam Adebayo before a Bam Adebayo was even... Yeah, no, he's he is the he's a forefather of the modern archetypes of playmaking fours and fives. Yeah, 100%. Who play on both sides and just do everything. Like, Kind of look like my career players. And... He created this evolution of guys like Bam and AD, and kind of like the I hate this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna try and, and I'm even not, defensive players like Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Then, KG put them on. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Kind of like I don't want to uh, stretch fours, but for defense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you get know what I'm saying? Kind of defending space. Defending space. Yeah, because it's not common for a big to defend space. It's almost as the same as like a small man defending in the paint. Um, Okay, let's move on to Duncan quickly before we, we talk about our differences and wrap up, I guess. Um, 
Duncan, his nickname, the big fun mental, yeah. I think is the best way to start to describing why Duncan was such a good player. I think, also to speak for Duncan as well, I think what's common is that Duncan won, I think there's a great, good Greg Popovich quote about this, Greg Popovich said we won in 99, in 03, um, oh, f- 04 I think, five, five. 05, 04 was the Pistons, Yeah. and then was it 13? Um, it was... 13 or 14 when they beat the Miami Heat in that last go around. It was 07 and... 14. 14, okay. So so Popovich puts all those dates out and he says, and the one common denominator was Tim Duncan. And I think that Tim Duncan could could play with different players, different systems, very... He he was a bot basketballer <laughs> is what I'm saying to you yeah, no. he was like oh this is this is a perfect basketballer who can who if you just put him in any sort of system will always leave this 8 and 9 out of 10 mm. who always got to his spot made his shot who was unfazed by big moments who could like we said defend a little not, not to the same level as Garnett in space but could defend much better than the average big in space um, good shot brilliant shot blocker um, high IQ player a better playmaker than people give him credit for as well in my yeah, opinion definitely. a very good playmaker um, Tim Duncan was a fabulous player I think Tim Duncan is one of my favourite players ever what, what do you have to say on Tim Duncan? Um, I agree Tim Duncan is he's starting to get swept away through the history of time and he isn't being given his flowers um, I think with when it comes to Tim Duncan I think people don't f- kind of give him his credit at the right junctures of his career because Tim Duncan's first 10 years was his real peak because mm. he came in like he came in on smoke well he 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 won he him and David Robinson won the first NBA without Jordan didn't they I think so yeah in 99 yeah so when he came in a polished player he already looked like the next big thing and he dominated and I think his peak kind of ended early and he just lasted for so long. Because of how clever he is. Because of how smart he is. And yeah. the systems he played with uh, right. stretched his longevity. Right. So right. you can always make hypotheticals if buts. But the actual reality is is that he played in multiple um, lineups with all kinds of players in and out. And different types of schemes to suit other offensive players. But he was the main fulcrum for, those, for that 20 odd years. Okay. And I think the back end of his peak, or his prime, if you want to say it, because he didn't really pe- he peaked and then kind of just dwindled a bit. But I say the back end of it is kind of what most people remember him for. Whereas the earlier part the, is what the, should be remembered the for. Two thousands up to like two thousand and five. Ninety nine. That's yeah. just between ninety nine and 03 He was arguably could have been say that he's the best player in the league. He could literally come out and say I'm the best player in the league in my opinion. Yeah, because I, he arguably was. He had he had what two titles at that point and two finals MVPs. That was mm. two of his finals MVPs. Mm. And um, with two different teams because by yeah. because by oh three um David Robinson was gone. Mm. And they had plugged in new players and brought in a whole new system around him, which is impressive as hell. I don't think people give him enough credit, as I said earlier on. It's very it's very difficult for for your system to change completely. So you want you want a finals MVP in ninety nine playing um the twin towers they called them, playing with Mono Dominant Big. And yeah. then four years later you win a different system playing with um if I'm correct, a, a stretch four in Robert Horry. Robert Horry was the, was was their power forward if I'm correct in um um, in 03 and then had Bruce but so it was a completely different system and team and outlook to the Spurs 
but he was still yeah. the finals MVP, still the best player on that team. And I mm. think that speaks for the level of, you're so good, I can plug you into any system. You re- it doesn't it matter. Also, it also speaks to his own versatility because people kind of look at versatility as how many different things can you do, but it's also how many different situations can I put you in and you can still perform. Mm. And I think he has that kind of level of consistency where it's like... We don't see that in a lot of players, though, do we? You don't, because you see in players today, and I think people take for granted someone stepping up and elevating their performances in the playoff. Mm. Because you look at star players today, and a lot of them straight away, when they have like a breakout year or a player is unproven, the whole asterisk and question mark behind them is, he hasn't. what has he done for me lately? Is he going to do something in the playoffs? Mm. Is he going to do it against the best of the best? Okay. And Tim Duncan, every single year, done it against the best of the best in the playoffs. Of course, fell short every now and again because everyone does. Because everyone there. Yeah. But at the very basis of it, when he went the long way and went you, to the finals, went to the, went, to, to the, um, went to the Western Conference finals, he has all these trips and all these rings and he... He's got all this... And even when he did lose it in, 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 in those situations, it was more on the team or what was going on around him because his level didn't drop off in any sort of situation, did it? If that makes sense. Yeah, not too much, but I think... His, just, uh, his consistency is his unbelievable. Consistency is unbelievable. Is what was, I think where we're trying to what we're say here yeah. is that regardless of win or lose or whatever era or whatever time or whatever team, Tim Duncan will always be true. Tim Duncan. And... That that's kind of the meaning of transcendent, isn't it? Yeah. So, how good is Tim? That's a conversation for another episode, in my opinion. How good is Tim Duncan? Because Tim Duncan could legitimately step out and be like, "I'm a top five player." With my respect. Now that's a difficult conversation to have, but it's a difficult conversation because there's a lot of because there's a lot, lot of plays, stuff you have to unpack. A lot as of well. context. Yeah, it really is. But on paper, the argument on paper is the valid. Is there. It's, yeah, on it's, paper, it's an argument got, to be had. It's or, an argument to be had. It's but, not to be sniffed at, for example. No, the arguments to be had on paper, but I think the main thing with even bigs that are fun- more fundamental, like the because cl- he's the classic big man. Mm. He's just the the highest level of the classic the, big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he is the classic big man. That's yeah. his archetype. Yeah. And I think... It would be just more finesse. Yeah, and I think... Clever in the pole. It's hard for... Any, f- the hard reality is, is no one wants to call a big the best player ever. The best yeah. player ever is a wing or a guard. That's what. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the state of the, the NBA fandom same, today. Same happens to same 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 thing goes against Kareem. Yeah. Goes against Shaq. Until there's like another because, what Jordan and Magic and Bird did to the league is they shifted the way people view, like the what the best player on the team the best should player be on the team should be. Yeah. Because from away from being the big, and the guy who kind of just. He's the big guy, just feed him, let him eat. It went to, even it started with Julius Irvin, the wing player who was athletic, finesse, mm. could do everything. Well, he was, he was um, one of Michael Jordan's biggest... Um, yeah, he was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Yeah, he, Michael Jordan loved him when he was young. He, mm. was, he was one of Michael Jordan's idols, Julius Irvin. And yeah. you're, that's a very, very good statement to, to make that. Cause I think the common conception is, um, came, um, came, um, came Larry, came Jordan, came Colby. But Dr. J was there. Dr. J was doing the cradle dunks and everything. Yeah, Dr. J and um in this in the, in in this in the an era where the paint was packed to fuck. There were yeah. a million man in the paint and this guy was dunking in the paint. Um 
yeah, okay, cool. Then I guess to to kind of just ease out this episode to finish it off in conclusion, um, we've got five minutes or so. Or so I would say, um, quickly as quickly as you can. What would what would you your argument be for Tim Duncan being better player than Kevin Garnett? Okay, straight away the first argument for Timmy D being better than KG is as bluntly as possible. I just elevated my game above yours in the playoffs. I just got better. Mm. What I did in the regular season wasn't everything that was on the table. Mm. I gave more, mm. right? And KG, oh, so the stakes were higher. Yeah, and when the stakes were higher, I got better. I got better, yeah. And if you compare KG, even statistically, to stronger defences, his scoring kind of wanes a bit. And that's because, as I said, his skill set was more varied but his isolation um, skill and isolation scoring wasn't the same as Tim Duncan's. Tim mm. Duncan could kind of get the ball in the post, get to his spots and finish mm. and rise up and just make plays. Mm. Whereas KG doesn't have the same natural strength. The handle isn't... The handle... I wouldn't say... It's not like Tim Duncan's handle's better, but KG's handle wasn't kind of tight enough for him to create for himself. And because he doesn't have a back-down game where... It, not to the same level as that's, Tim Duncan. That's where Tim Duncan was a better that's player. That's where Tim Duncan, yeah, a better isolation, was better. an ISO scorer. And that's where it, it started to show a bit in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. Because in isolation, KG wasn't as good. Okay, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Which probably shows you why uh, Tim Duncan just reached higher scoring heights. Mm-hmm. Because Tim Duncan, on top of that, was a better, was a better finisher around the basket. Mm. Was better in that short kind of not around the rim, but like three to ten feet range. The restricted zone. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. And he was a lot better mm-hmm. in that range. Even st- it, you wouldn't want in that area. You wouldn't want him in that area because it's a bucket. Yeah, statistically, like just on the eye test, statistically, zero to ten feet, that was Tim Duncan's zone. Zone, yeah. Whereas space. KG kind of, it just doesn't have the same potency. Okay. Um, well, I guess then the argument as well is Kevin. So, what's the argument for Kevin Garnett being better, better than Tim Duncan? I guess I'll make this argument that Kevin Garnett's a better player than Tim Duncan is. I'm gonna go through the easy route. It's a pick me route, I guess. Is that Kevin Garnett never played with the level of of players that Tim Duncan played played with? Was a better defender, made a a team that had no right being a top ten defense, a top ten defense, um, and it's multiple quite, times, multiple times, and you can see. When, they were top five actually. They it, weren't even top ten. If 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 they're top five, that's that's ridiculous because because there ain't no way a team with Sam Cassell in the backcourt should be a top five defense. Um, on top of it, when he when he joined the Boston Celtics, a team where I think in those two three years would probably say, oh, that's a team that can put, that can match um Duncan's. Yeah. He got a ring and 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 he got the ring and he looked like the piece that. He kind of looked like Duncan a little bit, where he he um his scoring and his output was changed. It was minimal, but whatever system they ran, whatever sort of thing they played around him, yeah. he looked consistent to a level where you can oh whatever happens, we've got Garnett going on. And the most important thing I think to base this argument on I think that another thing in Garnett's favor is in oh nine he was injured. Okay. And they lost in the um, I think in the second round. Which showed how big of a piece he was to that team. Yeah, and. And that was a good team. And if he was, 
if he wasn't injured, they would have most likely went back to the finals. So that would have been three finals trips in a row. In a row, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that says that. And I guess also another thing that you could argue for Garnett is on the tape, when the two match up, Garnett tends to get the better of Tim Duncan. Maybe not on points numerically, but... Yeah. Garnet 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 always seems it seems to have KG is a better matchup like stylistically to Tim Duncan to then Tim Duncan is to Kevin Garnet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most most definitely. Most definitely. Um but I think imp- impact wise Tim elevating Duncan. a team to like I think raising the floor of a team, I think KG's better at raising the floor of a team. Okay. But I think when it comes to like pushing that raising ceiling, their own floor on yeah. their own a bit Ceiling in terms of adding that pushing that ceiling that last little push that's Duncan that's Duncan okay that's the whereas with and this is this is where the the unfortunate part of KG comes in is that KG had a case to be arguably a better ceiling raiser as well because on the because on the Celtics that was when he was pushing that ceiling that ceiling exactly what I'm saying so in a situation where you saw the supporting cast similar to Duncan he was pushing the ceiling. As good as Tim Duncan was. Yeah, because it was, what, two finals trips out of three years where they were really in the peak of their powers. And then after that, Allen, I think Ray Allen left. And yeah. the team wasn't the same anymore. Yeah. But yeah. I think Ray Allen left, what, in 2000 and... 11, 12? 11, 12. So yeah. it really was like about four, four years in the postseason. Yeah. Full health. Yeah. So it's like... You didn't really get to see him pushing that ceiling for too long, whereas Tim Duncan's entire career pretty much was pushing that ceiling because yeah. he had guys around him. Well, well, that's. I guess we're gonna sign off now quickly, but um, I think that's the thing I want to finish on that you said there. I think it's a nice way to finish on, and and it's kind of like pick your poison. Kevin Garnett was the better at raising the floor and lifting. Like we keep saying, reading he's, the, more, reading, he's more scalable. Really. More, yeah, in terms of 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 his output, and Tim Easier Duncan to build around. Yeah, and then Tim Duncan was 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 in the critical situations, consistently, the man that you knew, that that you went to, and he's, and never you see the he doesn't have one. I think a lot of superstars you can point to after, but that's when you. Yeah, Lebr- um, Lebron with Lebron with Dallas and MJ with the with um the Celtics and Kobe in his first playoff series when he was airborne against. Do you know what I'm saying? You can point to that's when you. I don't think Tim Duncan's ever had that in his career. I'm thinking hard. Uh, you guys can't. You you guys you can't, can't. You guys can't see it, but he is genuinely stroking his chin right now. Mm, I don't know. I think that's why it comes back to it what, might, what. It might be a few. It might be a few. Where you, where you're like, oh, series. Tim Duncan choked. It might be. Now, I choke's a big is. word because, I mean, the majority of these guys never ch- didn't choke really. But to lambast them with that stick or that, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's an interesting argument to have anyway. And maybe not another argument actually to talk about. Um, but you're right, there isn't that huge blemish. But I think. Because we can't think exactly think that blemish that you can't think of the top of your head. But I think that also goes to speak to. Not that it's his fault, but it's kind of like how I was saying earlier if you were to make a top five case for him, you'd have to unpack his whole career and really dive into it. Mm. And I don't think Tim Duncan kind of gets the benefit of the doubt because he's one of the like best players that I've ever seen that he gets all the merits of being an elite player without all the 
all the kind of baggage that comes with it. Because mm. I, yeah. I don't really see too many people talking about his his failures and his shortcomings too much. Because I, I know there's the, they're there because every every all-time player has them. Mm. But it's crazy because no one really talks about them. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a conversation that we could actually have for hours because this is actually a very conversation to have. We'll go on... On the ones the the what you said again, KG a floor raiser, Tim Duncan raises his level when it comes to that, and I yeah. think that's what the argument scales out to. Which one do you prefer? But um, we've put across the argument I think quite well enough. Um, this has been the mid range J. We're back. I hope hope watch out for us. We've got a lot of content coming. I've been with lead. Coming. This has been. It's been Fahad and enjoy yourselves. <laughs>